0: Good morning, good evening, good night, wherever, however, and whenever you're listening. Welcome to another episode of The Melanin Report. I'm your host, Marquise Lufton, and we have another good one for you today. It's Friday, so it's our monologue day. And today we're blowing the top off of processed foods. And you know how I like, how I like to do, I like to bring in the experts to discuss these topics as well as you know make you chuckle at the end of the show with things that make you say hmm so today we have Hawa Lasana who is the founder of a hybrid social enterprise consisting of a non-profit entity DECA a value-added food brand DECA City Provisions a community farming initiative uh, and we have Jasmine Kellyhan, who is a child educator, birth doula, and a gardener of the A Perfect Gift Community Network, um, a garden located in Columbia, Pennsylvania, and a nonprofit. This is part three of three of our podcasts this week, and we started off this week with our top five news stories, and then we had our dope interview with Chef Oliver. If you did not check it out, I highly, highly suggest that you do. And now, this processed foods yep 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 you guessed it we're going there and we're going for the gut and discussing processed foods and how nowadays we can't distinguish what is processed food and what's not today we're taking a deep fried dive into the heart-stopping world of processed foods in america where the land of the free is also the land of the heavily preserved so hold on to your kale smoothies folks because this journey is going to be quite the roller coaster Processed foods. It's a topic that has been simmering in the culinary cauldron of controversy for years in America. From 2016 to 2022, these edible enigmas have been the subject of heated debate, scientific scrutiny, and some serious soul searching. And during these years, America witnessed a processed food revolution. (laughs) It's as if we collectively decided that fresh fruits and vegetables were nothing more than exotic relics from a bygone era. We embrace the new lifestyle, a lifestyle where chemicals and additives reign supreme, and a Twinkie, a Twinkie, is a legitimate breakfast option. Now I must say, America has always had a love affair with convenience. We adore things that come in packages, pre-cooked, pre-flavored, and ready to munch on with minimal effort. But therein lies the rub, because these processed foods often hide a sinister secret a toxic cocktail of additives, preservatives, and unpronounceable chemicals. Seriously, have you ever tried reading the ingredients list on a bag of neon orange cheese puffs? I'm pretty sure it's written in Klingon. And let's talk about convenience. Oh, how Americans love their convenience. It's as if we collectively decided that cooking is the new form of medieval torture. Who has time to chop vegetables when you can microwave a meal that comes with its very own plate? It's a trap! But hey, who needs real food when you can enjoy a feast of preservatives and sodium instead, right? From the get-go, we've been served a menu of marketing gimmicks promising us healthier choices while secretly sabotaging our well-being. Remember the fat-free craze of the 90s? Well, look who's here, the gym class joke. That was before fat-free rolled gold pretzels. Prove it. Pretzel boy. Oh, how we gorged on fat-free cookies and fat-free chips, only to discover that they were crammed with sugar and other sneaky stuff. The same thing happened with the low-carb fat, leading us to indulge in processed meats and cheeses, not realizing that we were also pumping our bodies full of sodium and preservatives. Wow! The processed food industry has mastered the art of marketing as well, They slapped a fresh coat of organic and all-natural labels on their products like a politician's promise during election season. I mean, calling a Twinkie organic, if that makes it healthy, then I must be one of the fittest people on this planet. (laughs) Now you might be thinking, Marquise, can't we just trust the regulators to keep us safe? Well, my friends, you think so, but alas... The foxes have been guarding the henhouse for far too long, and the food industry's powerful lobbyists have danced a tango with politicians and regulators, ensuring that questionable additives and ingredients have slipped through the cracks like a sneaky midnight snack. And with annual revenues that would make Scrooge McDuck swim in his money bin, it's no wonder they got the incentive. I mean, who knew that you could have a snack that combines the health benefits of broccoli with the irresistible taste of nacho cheese? Truly, truly only in America. He's right, you know. And in 2016, Americans spent a jaw-dropping $678 billion on processed foods alone. That's more than the GDP of some small countries. And let's not forget about the calorie count. Those processed goodies contributed to nearly 60% of daily caloric intake, leaving a mere 40% for actual food. But here's the catch. While processed foods may be convenient and tasty in a I can't believe it's not cardboard kind of way, they come at a cost. The rise of obesity and related health issues during this period has been alarming, with diabetes becoming more common than getting a happy birthday message on Facebook. But wait, it gets worse. Not only are processed foods making us rounder, more rounder actually than a sumo wrestler, but they're also doing a number on our health. Like I said, obesity rates are soaring, diabetes is becoming more common than reality TV shows and heart disease is probably high-fiving itself for the surge in popularity. And did you know the average American consumes more than 70% of their calories from processed foods? That's right. What? We've become a nation of walking, talking, processed food machines. Our diets are so unbalanced that our arteries look like they are on the verge of surrendering to the constant barrage of trans fats. These processed foods have slowly been eroding our palates, training us to crave hyperpalatable, sugar laden junk instead of appreciating the natural foods of real food. Bruh. These processed foods have slowly been eroding our palates, training us to crave hyperpalatable, sugar laden junk instead of appreciating the natural flavors of real food. Oh, and let's talk about the food deserts. In America, there are areas where fresh, healthy foods are elusive as a unicorn. And instead, all they have is a parade of fast food joints and convenience stores stocked with more processed snacks than a space shuttle has rocket boosters. Now, 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 I don't want to come across as some sanctimonious salad eater. We all indulge in processed foods from time to time, but moderation is key, my friends. Eating healthy doesn't mean you can't enjoy the occasional deep fried Oreo at the county fair. Just don't make it a daily ritual or you'll end up as a walking advertisement for bypass surgery. And there is hope on the horizon. In recent years, the public outcry for healthier options has grown louder than an overinflated balloon. (laughs) Consumers are also demanding transparency, cleaner labels, and alternatives that won't send them on a one-way trip to Heart Attack City. And some courageous entrepreneurs have risen to the challenge creating innovative, healthier alternatives that prove convenience doesn't have to be a dirty word. We've also seen a burgeoning trend of plant-based foods with veggie burgers that actually taste like burgers and chicken nuggets that don't involve any actual clucking. But my friends, the journey to reforming our food system is far from over. We need to educate ourselves about what we're putting into our bodies and vote with our wallets. It's time to send a message to Big Food that we won't settle for being treated like lab rats in their processed product experiments. Let's embrace whole foods. Let's embrace real vegetables. And let's embrace home-cooked meals that don't come with a side of preservatives. Let's show the food industry that we won't be fooled by their shiny packaging and health wash labels. And if we must choose between an apple and an apple-flavored gummy bear... Let's go for the real deal here, because nothing says I'm adulting like eating an actual fruit. And remember, the food we eat shapes not just our bodies, but our society as a whole. So let's make America healthy again one crunchy carrot at a time. So as we bid adieu to the era of blindly munching on mystery meat and embracing empty calorie convenience, let's remember that we have the power to change our food landscape. And together, we can build a nation where real food reigns supreme, and our health is the true winner. And now, on to our panel discussion. And I hope you enjoyed our recent monologue, and for more information on this monologue or any other monologue you've heard, you can email me at marquise underscore lupton at wytf.org Again, that's marquise underscore lupton at wytf.org. Now, I would like to thank you once again for tuning into the Melanin Report with Marquise Lupton. You could be listening to any other podcast right now, and we appreciate you taking the time to make us a part of your day. The best thing you can do right now is share this podcast with a friend, because friends don't let friends melanin report alone. So our panelists today are Hawa Lasana from uh, Decca Farms and Jasmine Kellyhan gardener and founder of A Perfect Gift Community Garden. So first and foremost, how are you both doing today? Doing great. It's a little hot out, but it's wonderful. <laughs> how about yourself, Jasmine?
1: I am pretty well. Can't complain. Enjoying the day.
0: Oh, that's good. That's good. So um, we're going to just jump right into it right now. So what are some of your reactions uh, to to the monologue piece this week?
2: Well, Marquise, I can say I can definitely relate or I, I found the idea of the American food revolution pretty pretty profound, actually, because, you know, being that we're on the Melanin Report, uh, we can notice throughout history how revolutions tend to get co-opted. And I think that's what's happened here in the fresh food uh, revolution, as you say. Mm. Um, You know, I think that there has been, like you say, a huge uh, sort of renaissance of understanding that fresh food and fresh vegetables treats not only your body good, but your mind. And it's unfortunate that, um, you know, sometimes we see the sort of greenwashing happening with food products um, where they say natural, they say organic, but, you know, people don't really know what that means. So therefore they don't really know who to trust. And um, so I think that's why, you um, Situations, um, events, um, initiatives like what we are up to at DECA and what Jasmine's up to um, are really important to create really like local, trustworthy sources of, of fresh fruits and vegetables.
0: Oh, All right. All right. Jasmine, how about yourself?
1: Uh, just like how I said, I believe that this is a right-on-time thing to be talking about, especially considering the fact that the food stamps benefits have been taken away mm. and that people are looking around for food, but food that we can digest and process in the best way that we can. Uh, I believe what we eat is kind of who we are. It helps our energy. It helps um, everything that we are rooted to. Um, and the convenience aspect of food is, I think, a highlighted point that needs to be um, broadcast is, is just because it's convenient, like McDonald's, Burger King, not to put out the name brands, those are foods. But I think if we substitute those um, with healthier choices, for example, even if you don't have the finances for um, the organic aspects, how do we supplement them for um, better choices, whether it's potato chips, even though it's not processed fried foods, but how can we work our way there? So conveniently, uh, I think this is a great thing to talk about during this time.
0: Yeah. Um, um, how about you brought up something very interesting? Uh, you said uh, greenwashing. I love that term. Can you go a little bit into more detail and let the uh, folks at home know what exactly is greenwashing?
2: Sure. So we all have become familiar with terminology around fresh food. Again, it could be just the word fresh. It could be um, local. It could be non-GMO, you know, all of these key words that we've been hearing, um, but don't really know what they mean. Um, There are companies, less than um, integrous companies out there who are using these terms to label their food products, um, knowing that the definitions are broad and vague. Um, So when people are shopping for food, you know, if you see an item that says fresh on it or um, healthy, um, that may not actually be the case. And that that's what greenwashing means. It means to use these terms that are maybe unknown to the consumer, vague, or broad, def- defined, broadly defined, to um, create sort of a selling point.
0: So then how can people be in the know and know the difference between something that actually is something versus something that's greenwashing? Is there um, some kind of company that, that um, um, we know that we can depend on? Is it a cer- certain kind of labeling? How how do we know?
2: Well, I think um, consumer education is really the biggest piece of it. And it is, you know, community education. Um, leaders again like jasmine and myself with discerning eye community agriculture who are helping to sort of bridge that gap between um fresh food and you know trustworthy um sales (laughs) people and um and getting that education to the people but mostly i would say um really just reading the label uh, I think the FDA is slowly um, tightening the reins on what these words mean and who can use them in their packaging. But I'll tell you personally, um, as we developed our um, retail mm-hmm. items like our infused honeys or our black garlic salts and and spreads... Um, The regulations are really broad for what kind of wording terminology you can use. So that was a pretty big um, eye-opening experience for me to just see how the food industry uh, has really worked its way around um, regulation Mm. to to get sold, to make some money.
0: And um, Jasmine, you, you brought up the convenience aspect of food. Now, now with us being busier than ever, um, how how can we um, still eat healthy and it still be convenient? Or is that just two things that will never coexist?
1: Uh, I think that is a great question. And I all it all depends on I when I look at that, I think of readiness, um, Four things. So you can be conveniently preparing your meals um, and doing meal prepping, shopping at different times, gathering your produce. So if you were to go to Hawa and um, go get produce from them or go to the local market and meal prep your foods, um, you can do that. I think that helps with convenience as a lot of people spend funds on foods like McDonald's and stuff because they don't have the time to cook. But if you take even just a little bit of time and dedicate one time a week to prepare these fresh meals or prepare healthier meals for you, I think that will help train yourself to cook and spend time with your food. I think that also goes to spend time to read the label, spend time to see what your digestion, um, digesting inside. Um, That will help a lot with the convenience, but
0: that's one thing that can help. So, so with programs like, uh, like, like snap, um, kind of constricting and, and reeling itself in, what are the ramifications of of it? What have you all seen? Have you seen more people choosing to, to eat more unhealthy? Have you seen more, more people choosing to eat less because of money? What, what have you all seen so far?
2: Well, Marquise, I would say that what I've seen is less of a choice for consumers and more of a necessity. It becomes how without this extra 100 200 $300 a month for food, how can I survive? How do I make my family survive? So it becomes less of a choice and more so a, a, a decision of necessity. But just to um to tag on to Jasmine's comment about um convenience, yes, meal prep is a huge one. And also just take note of your day, your family's day when are you the most hungry? Like, okay, maybe you can meal prep dinners, but why not keep a little refrigerated, you know, one of those little tote bags you can get with a little ice pack in it and keep it in your car so that when you're coming home from work and you're like, oh, I'm hungry and I can't wait till dinner, you know, maybe you have some healthy snacks with you already. So it's just really deciding where can I take control? Where can I have agency in my own health? And what decisions can I make that would really benefit me um, as opposed to decisions that would cause either more physical or mental harm to myself or my family? I know it's hard to think about those things when it seems like a fight or flight situation, but Mm. taking the the time to be mindful with our choices is really the answer um, to a lot of our collective
1: health and
2: um, mental health issues. How about you,
3: Jasmine?
1: I think I see uh, both have impacted, so I think it is more of a survival mode of where can I get the food so people eat less, trying to um, protect their funds, trying to make sure their budget appropriately. And I also see uh, people indulge in things like um, eating unhealthier foods because of the lack of funds for it but i also know that there has been a higher increase in people going to pantries or hubs locally nearby uh to get produce so there are things out there it's just putting a more demand on the farmers the gardeners or the hubs around to create more access for those resources
0: you must be uh reading, reading- You must be reading my notes here because uh, that was my next question. Um, uh, Speaking, speaking uh, about the quality of food that is offered in the um, pantries and that is being offered in the um, food hubs. um, Are those typically uh, less, um, uh, less, less valued um, options? Uh, They're there. I, I know that some of them are, you know, quote-unquote ugly. Uh, um, Some of the vegetables that they serve um, might be uh, oddly shaped, and that's why they're serving them. But the quality of it, is the quality any different at, at, at these places?
2: I can say that from my experience, the quality is no different as far as if we're talking about fresh produce. Um, I am familiar with local farmers and, um, also local food aggregators who are collecting, you know, unsold food from Giant, from Whole Foods, from Wegmans and other local, um, consumer uh, food shops to, um, and when there's waste, they give it to these organizations, these, um, uh, Food banks or um, other food aggregators. So there's no quality difference there. But I would like to just state that um, two things. First, oftentimes when folks are giving food to uh, food pantries, it tends to be very high in salt, very high in sugar, very high in cholesterol. And so the, the quality of all of the food options at food pantries are, is not always the same. So that's my first point. Second point is um, Central PA Food Bank, along with Hunger Free Lancaster and a, a number of other organizations, we were lucky enough to um, participate in the most recent food insecurity or food hunger mapping project done in Lancaster County. So to restate, that was a hunger mapping project. And what they did was really chart the need and chart the requests of folks using these food pantries. Um, Again, some people may not even know there are different kinds of pantries. Some you go in and they just give you a box and you don't have a choice. Some you go in and you do have a choice and you get to walk around and pick what you would like or need. So where in this study, uh, there were recommendations made for community leaders and local nonprofits and food banks to see what what Lancaster County residents really need. And I think the full, full option, full choice um, style pantry that has weekend hours, later hours to accommodate working folks is really um, the top need, the secondary need is mobile markets oh. as we see in this in this report uh foods insecurity is getting higher the rates are getting higher outside of downtown lancaster which is a surprising fact so we need to start moving these resources as gentrification continues to occur and more of our community is spread further away we need to make sure that we're not forgetting about them and still reaching out to the folks who are in need
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because um, I, I spent um, $150 uh, just for my daughter's lunches for the week. And I was like, where did this money go? What is going on here? So yeah, um, um, I want to touch on something that you brought up. Um, You brought up hunger mapping. Um, I'm assuming, well, let me ask um does that or or can it rather can it go hand in hand with food deserts
2: oh absolutely um this is really how we figure out the the latest data on where food deserts are where they are occurring um some like i said some of the um results are um typical to what the the recent history has shown and recent like economic data has shown for Lancaster City. But um, overall, there hasn't been a study done since 2019. And we know that so much has happened since then, whether it's been just COVID or inflation or whatever, lots of household statuses have changed. So to keep up with what the need is, is really, really important. And to find out you know, so many businesses closed or, um, you know, have changed since COVID as well. So if there was a local market that had to close because of these, you know, un- uh, uncontrollable circumstances, it's important that um, the people who have the opportunity to create change and affect change and help folks have all the information And might I add the resources necessary to to make that change.
0: Mm. Um, Jasmine, you're in Colombia. So um, I I know that some of those sections have been labeled as food deserts. Are you all doing uh, anything to combat this in Colombia?
1: Uh, Yes, actually, that is one of the reasons why I chose Columbia uh, to create a wide variety of places to get food at. So the place uh, that we have on Concord Lane, this is the first step we are going to make, but it's more so to combat uh, health disparities and um, food access. So we're helping provide food access, partnering with different places in Columbia, like the hubs or the pantries to provide adequate food, as well as partner with i don't know if everybody heard but the black church food security network located in baltimore pa they partner with black and brown farmers and use their farmers and distribute their produce from the farmers to local pantries or churches to help the economic flow but give us power over our plate so that's that's what we're doing in columbia to help with um Food insecurity, but bringing in other resources besides the ones that we have, but partnering and uh, working together. That's a perfect gift. We are driven, rooted together, driven by purpose. So, how we all can work together and complete this mission.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that. And I wish we had more time uh, to talk about this, uh, but we are uh, coming up on on that uh, five minute mark here. Uh, so I do want to thank both of you all uh, for for joining us today and, and lending us your your insight and your expertise. So uh, thank you. Thank, thank you for that. Um, so, Thanks for having us. oh yeah, of course, of course, of course. So, um, be- be- before we switch over to uh, things that make you say, "Hmm," um, I do w- want to give y'all um some some space um to talk about the work that you're doing uh, because that also is important here. Um, so, uh, uh, Hawa, we will start off with you um to discuss Decca and the work that you all are doing.
1: All right.
2: Well, thank you for the opportunity. Yes. So DECA is a really big idea, and we're working in the space where innovation meets tradition. We are creating community garden spaces in a new way Um, that are educational and functional as well. Um, We actually just recently signed a lease this summer for an expanded new location, which we're very excited about, where we get to expand our um, capacity to provide food. We'll be working in the realms of hydroponics and aquaponics in order to uh, demonstrate to folks how much food you can grow, how much nutrients you can create when green space is minimal and you're in an urban environment. And like Jazz said, it's all about teamwork and collaboration. So as DECA is growing, we are collaborating with small nonprofits or small entities or organizations who have similar missions two hours, and who would like to join forces in order to make, uh, create an even bigger effect on uh, the food security issue that we have here in Lancaster County. So we are very excited for the future. It's looking really big. And um, you can find us at DECA.farm, that's dec Farm, or on Instagram at DECA
1: City Farms.
0: Oh, fantastic! And Jasmine, yourself.
1: Uh, So we are a perfect gift. We are in Colombia. One thing I'm just going to ask you is to repeat the question.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just the, um, uh, just the work that you're doing uh, out out in Colombia, and more about your business. Okay, one moment.
1: Okay, Cool Bean. So we are perfect If Sorry, I had my nephew with me. But we are not. located in Colombia. We are um, rooted together, driven by purpose. Mm. And our main focus is to combat uh, health disparities. This is our first stop. To combat health disparities and um, food injustice and insecurity. So we are working with the hubs, working with the mayor, and other things like that to figure out what are the resources that's needed. A lot of the times we're figuring out um, with the hubs, some of the foods aren't culturally appropriate appropriate and culturally relevant. Um, So we are working on how we can include those things and provide educational sessions. So working with them on summer programs and after school programs, we partnered with Millersville University uh, and the biology professor there, and he's helping us with ways that we can figure out how to enhance the food quality in Lancaster, PA with culturally relevant and culturally appropriate foods.
0: Oh, man, you all are doing some great, fantastic work. And, uh, again, glad that you both could make it on the program. Now, time for a little bit of fun here uh, and things that make you say, hmm. So we're going to start off with with this question. Uh, now, it's just five minutes, uh, so it won't take too much of your time here. Uh, so our first question here is, what's the biggest conspiracy theory we won't let die is it a tupac is still alive b janet and Elda barge had a love child c someone else had blue ivy d oj did it what is the biggest conspiracy theory we won't let die
2: I'm going to say D. O.J. did it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's 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 one. That's one that is uh, a conversation in in every barbershop. And and I could see uh, a few more documentaries about it uh, coming out over the next two decades. Jasmine, what do you say for yourself?
1: I'm going to have to agree with Hawa. D. O.J. did it. (laughs) That's something that we still talk about. (laughs)
0: <laughs> right absolutely uh so here's another one uh what might your mama say um when you ask for some mcdonald's is she gonna say a get a job b get a clue c get good grades or d get yourself mcdonald's money which one is it is it a b c or d what you got Jazzy, you want to
2: take that one first <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go with the it's the McDonald's money, but she adds a little twang. It's do you have McDonald's money? Okay. So do you have McDonald's money? I, I didn't at
0: the time, so no. <laughs> <laughs> How about yourself?
2: Well, um, for me, when I was younger at least, McDonald's was a treat. So it was like it was a little more like what have you done for me lately
1: <laughs> to get
2: your McDonald's treat?
1: <laughs> so, i don't
2: know, <laughs> I don't know what, if that's an option but you know uh, i'll fill in the other
0: i might i might steal that i i i kind of like that um make make mcdonald's uh incentive so what have you done instead of saying oh well do you have mcdonald's money it's like okay well what have you done I like that. I, I like that. I think I'm. I'm going to. Um, no, not not might. I'm definitely going to steal <laughs> that. <laughs> Just to let you know. Uh, and and cool. our our final question here before we let you all go uh, on on this lovely lovely last day of our podcast series. <laughs> so, when going into the store, what is something that your mama might say? Is it a don't touch nothing, B, don't ask for nothing, C, don't look at nothing, or D, all the above?
2: Um, I would say D is the closest <laughs> answer. I, I wasn't much of a touchy feeler, but I would always ask, mama, can we? Mom, can we? Mom, yeah. can we get that? So
1: she'd say, don't say nothing and don't look at nothing. <laughs> Jasmine, how about yourself? Yeah, I'm going to go with D. It was don't don't touch nothing unless you have the money to pay for all of the above don't ask for anything unless you have the money to pay for it
0: <laughs> <laughs> through 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 the clenched teeth too at least my mom through through the clenched teeth You, oh, the clenched teeth. you never all knew I, what was, look, was saying
2: man, <laughs> no, no. all she gave me was a look i didn't even need the words
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man well well again i would like to thank both of y'all for for joining us um uh, again lending us your expertise It was great. Thank you for joining us on The Melanin Report.
2: Such a pleasure and congratulations to you.
1: This is great, way to go. Congratulations,
0: thank you for having us. Oh, thank you, thank you. Well, that concludes part three of our series this week with our panel discussion. I wanna thank Hawa and Jasmine for joining us again on The Melanin Report. Now enjoy these sounds from Philadelphia artist Diamond Pearl and we'll see you on the other side. I'm Marquise Lupton and this is The Melanie Report.
3: We'll go away, I'm praying for some better days Cause in this rain yeah. You see the pain right on my face I try to run but it's too late I try to hide Them see me stressed, got to protect my mental health. Then I'm a of the pain that you cause as the tears stream down like a waterfall. You see the pain right on my face. I tried to run, but it's too late. I tried to hide